Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. Monday morning at 9.30. Thank you for joining me. I hope you had a good weekend, a safe weekend, uh, a productive weekend um, for what you do on the weekends of going out and uh, getting all your uh, necessary items such as groceries and things like that, Um, being safe out there, wearing your mask, social distancing. So here we are, Monday, March the 8th. Now I came across uh, this uh, address by our top doctor here, um, Dr. Teresa Tam. And uh, she says, it's been a good week. She's hopeful on vaccines as pandemic um, anniversary um, nears, which would be March the 11th, I believe, last spring or last March that uh, the world started to face this pandemic. And uh, all across the country here in Canada, uh, going into lockdown, stay-at-home orders, um, only going out for essential things, non-essential businesses, all closed up. So she comes out with uh, talking to all Canadians. Several provinces were preparing to loosen COVID-19 restrictions on Sunday as Canada's chief public health officer expressed optimism over vaccines ahead of the one year anniversary of the COVID-19 crisis. The World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic last March the 11th. And Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Teresa Tam said it's been a difficult 12 months marked by hardship 
and sacrifice. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's just been so you know difficult for so many people, you know, all over the world of the hardships and the sacrifices that every one of us had to make. Yet as the months go, have gone by, she's witnessed the remarkable courage and the strength and the generosity demonstrated by Canadians. Through it all, it is the incredible support that Canadians have shown for one another that has impressed her the most. Dr. Teresa Tam expressed optimism that brighter days were coming, thanks to the recent approvals of the Johnson & Johnson and the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccines. This week has been a very, very good week for Canada's COVID-19 vaccine programs. Now, the anniversary comes as all provinces are expanding their mask vaccination programs and some are loosening restrictions amid at limiting the spread of the virus. You know, with the vaccines rolling out and then the governments are coming along here in Canada saying, oh, you know, you know, after the first shot of Pfizer or Moderna, you know, we're gonna wait four months to give you the second shot. Oh, and then we might mix and match the doses. You know, none of these things that they're suggesting is a good idea. They need to follow science. They need to follow how this was, trials were all conducted. Not just start writing a new chapter in how these doses should be administered. In Quebec and Ontario and New Brunswick are among the provinces preparing to lift restrictions, which we've already started here for the last couple of weeks now here in the province of Ontario. The stay-at-home order Ontario's Toronto, Peel and North Bay regions will lift today, while five uh, Quebec regions, include, uh, including Quebec City, will be downgraded from the red to the orange on the province's color-coded regional alert system. All of the New Brunswick will trans, uh, transition to the less restrictive yellow alert, meaning yesterday at midnight, so starting today, meaning residents can expand their contacts from 10 to 15 people and team sports activities may resume. Canada's two largest cities will remain under fairly strict restrictions. However, Toronto and neighboring Peel regions will enter the gray lockdown category, which will allow more retailers to open with restrictions but leaves gyms, personal care services, and indoor restaurants, dining closed. In the greater Montreal region, remains in the red zone, 
which means that an 8 p.m. curfew is still in effect. They've been in that for a while, so I really don't know how this, this uh, curfew is working out for them. We're still seeing numbers in the high 900s with this curfew in place as well. Dr. Teresa Tam said that the addition of the two new vaccines will help Canadians get immunized faster and help ease the worries surrounding supply distributions or setbacks. This in a long message by Dr. Teresa Tam, that is not that is not possible to directly compare the efficiency of the different vaccines to one another. Each vaccine was studied in a separate trial conducted at different times using different populations and conditions. She said that the single shot Johnson and Johnson vaccine manufactured by Janssen was shown to be 66% effective overall in preventing moderate to severe COVID-19, while the AstraZeneca vaccine was found to have an efficiency of a 62% in generally preventing um, systematic COVID-19. Both vaccines, she said, were found to protect against severe disease, meaning that those who got COVID-19 after the shot were less or mess, sorry, we're much less likely to get seriously ill. Currently, Canada's National Advisory Committee on Immunization does not recommend that the AstraZeneca vaccine be given to those aged 65 or over due to the, to the limited data, but Tam stressed that the recommendations could change. She noted that both the new vaccines are easier to transport than those produced by Pfizer or Moderna, which require freezer storage. With Canada set to receive more than 900,000 COVID-19 doses of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines this week, many provinces are ramping up their vaccine campaigns. And we've been doing that here in the city of London. And uh, right now they're working on um, our older generations our elderly 80 plus who are living in their homes, nursing homes, retirement homes, and staff alike have already received their first shots. The health authorities across British Columbia will start booking COVID-19 vaccinations appointments Monday for, for people 90 years and older and the indigenous residents over the age of 65. Quebec, which has been booking vaccines appointments for seniors 70 to 80 and over, depending on the region, will speed up the pace this week as more mass vaccination centers open across the province, after focusing mainly on hard-hit Montreal last week. Quebec counted 707 new cases of the viruses on Sunday, and even seven more deaths. There in Ontario, we, you know, we, we're flip-flopping back and forth on how many new cases are coming 
come coming about sometimes we get under under that thousand mark and then we jump up to 1300 you know there's only been 890,604 doses handed out so far in this province of Ontario the government said it will receive more than 14,000 doses of the Pfizer vaccine this week, which would be sent to five different parts of this province. So as we keep rolling around here and, and things like that, um, of course, you know, the mask wearing, the social distancing, not gathering in large groups, the more than we, you know, we're uh, permitted to do right now, all these things are still going to play a part probably well into the summer, probably into next fall, you know, before we can just relax all of the restrictions and we can go about our merry ways, go about our lives. Time will only tell. Now, during this pandemic, all the job losses, across Canada. And it seems to be, you know, the hardest hit, um, you know, between men and women. And it's women. The pandemic job losses threatened to leave women behind permanently, the RBC warns. Changes to business have economics, economics re, uh, worried about long lasting impact on women. This one lady is one of nearly 500,000 women in Canada who remain unemployed amid the, uh, the uh, pandemic. She has found herself on hiatus from her job as a hotel attendant in Vancouver when the lockdown measures were introduced last spring. And months later, another blow at the end of July, she says she and most of her staff at the hotel we're let go. According to the most recent job numbers from uh, from uh, Statistics Canada, as of the end of January, Canada's economy had 858,000 fewer jobs than it did before the pandemic. But those losses are not being borne evenly across the board. Women, especially ones who weren't earning much to begin with, are bearing the brunt of the job losses as they made up a majority of the workforce in hard hit sectors like hospitality, retail, and food. According to the new analysts, nearly 100,000 working age Canadian women 
have completely left the workforce since the pandemic since the uh, pandemic started, which means they aren't even trying to get a job anymore. The figure for men's is more than like ten times smaller. A sign that on the whole they're not feeling quite so gloomy about their prospects. You know, while some parts of the economy are reopening public facing high contact jobs, like those in the hotel industry are still languishing, or at the very least trying to change the way they operate on the fly. That often means running with fewer staff, and the longer that goes on, the more likely it is those jobs are gone forever. The longer these women are out of the labor force, the greater the risk of skills erosion, which could potentially hamper their ability to get rehired or to transition to a different role as the economy evolves. Now, this lady here, she is she's holding out hope that she'll be able to get her job back once the vaccines are distributed and things return to normal. She's taking things one day at a time and is hoping not to have to switch careers at her age and she's the age of, of 54. You know, a job change at this point would mean a pay cut from about $27 an hour to something closer to the minimum wage of $15 an hour. That's not enough for her to live on, especially in Vancouver, one of the most expensive cities to live in. And $15 an hour won't cut it. She says she had to dip into her retirement savings and didn't want to tell her kids. And she thinks of herself as a pretty independent. And one of her daughters who works in the casino industry has also been forced out of work. With all that stuff is closed down right now. With the uneven recovery, it's not just different industries being hit unevenly either. Reports show that the job losses are worse for members of a certain demographic groups too. Mothers, visible minorities, young people, and new immigrants are all disproportionately, disproportionately impacted. You know, coming out of the pandemic, there might also be a tendency for companies to tighten the purse strings in general. There might be issues with understaffing, asking people to do more with fewer people as a way to cut costs for all the money that these businesses have lost. Whether it's the restaurant industry, the food industry, the hotel industries, considerable amounts you know, being shut down. 
Is this going to be a long-term issue? Almost a year since the initial lockdowns, a sizable number of Canadian women are at risk of their skills, atrocity. There could be changes underway that are more structural in nature. They're going to be more long-lasting. She says economically, even have a name for it, they call it the the, the uh, scarring effect. She says that some of the skills you have diminished when you're not using them. The longer you're out, the harder it's sometimes to get back into those networks. To hear this place is happening, or these are the jobs that are in demand. Knowing how to participate in the digital economy is really essential. Adding that both the government and the business will have a role to play in moving people into training programs. Forced to pivot. And also uh, this individual, female, has been unemployed for more than a year. She was let go to, to uh, downsizing at the local Bombardier uh, plant uh, before the pandemic. For a while, she was working one day a week helping people retrain to find work. But she says jobs in the community are harder to come by. And like so many people, Going from manufacturing to uh, retraining as a hairdresser. That's something that she likes to do. I mean, it's not, you know, we don't expect, you know, women who's lost their jobs, you know, to go and be hairdressers and stuff like that because they pay, they, they play such a, a, a pivotal role in our, in our economies. And, um, you know, to get the high paying jobs, um, which they should be, should be getting coming out of this pandemic. People like herself, she wants to know what the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the in the BC Premier are doing are doing to prevent permanent layoffs. Well, the companies have to also try to prevent permanent layoffs. Look at back rehiring as we keep rolling through this pandemic. The government needs to be giving out more funding to businesses in order to hire 
people back and keep the women in the workforce. It's not the business's fault that we got hit with this pandemic. I guess we'll have to wait to see how things are going to play out in the coming months as people are being vaccinated and see where we're going to go with jobs and hopefully that these don't become permanent layoffs for women. So thank you for joining me this morning. I was going to keep this episode short today. I had a really long one yesterday. Everybody take care this week. And of course, I'll be back out um, this coming weekend again. Hopefully, you know, maybe, you know, there may be something interesting coming up during the middle of the week that I could jump back out here on the air. But for the time being, take care and be safe out there. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me. Take care, everybody. Be safe.